Hey everyone, this is Allison. And this is Courtney. And you are listening to Murder Porn. Yay! Pew, 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 pew. That feels good, man. It's been so fucking long. I know. <laughs> Fun story. No, we've uh, literally spent an hour and a half just catching up. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We did. But, but the moved. reason why we haven't recorded is um, me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> I'm not the villain. Am I the villain? <laughs> I'm the villain. <laughs> no, I moved, and then, like, promptly after moving, my work schedule was for about two weeks, like, every other day. Yeah, I would have died. I, I Especially thought I was dying. since it's night shift, like. Mm-hmm. And then I had, off. like, four days off. It was fantastic, and then I immediately jumped into three in a row, and then every other day, and then three in a row, and I thought I was... I would have been living. Hopefully it's better from here on out. Yeah, I'm... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Actually, like, I did my schedule this time being able to see things a little bit better on the scheduling thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with it right now. Hopefully they Whether don't change or not they it, don't, though. They fucking touch it. Did you screenshot what you did so that if they change it, you can actually compare? Somebody told me to do that. I'm going to do that in yeah. a little bit. But Absolutely, because then you have, like, hardcore proof that this is what you chose. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there was, like, a couple days that I requested off because it's my son's birthday, and I didn't want to be, like, scheduled. Uh, three-year-old who will be four. <laughs> four? Really? Yeah. He's not a toddler anymore. Nope, he's not a toddler. What, are, what is he now? <laughs> I think he's technically preschool, but oh. whatever. Whatever. When, so he's a toddler. That's awesome. And you guys moved? We moved. So you're way closer. So mm-hmm. we assumed it would be easier to get together. The but. funniest <laughs> part of all of this was coming over here. I left at 1045 to get here at 11. Um, I was like leaving at like 10 to get here at 11. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and now inclement weather ain't stopping shit over here, man. (laughs) No, no, no excuses. Which, by the way, we have been dumped on with snow over the last week. It's been Mm -hmm. crazy. I don't like going outside right now. I had to drive to Michigan City the other day for a job interview, which it was good. It was good. You know what? I I, I like pride myself on being a kick-ass interviewer or interviewee, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The other night. I actually made a TikTok about this, like on not on my actual. So I have, I now have two TikToks. I have a TikTok that's like true crime, and then a TikTok that's just spam shit. And I made a video about how I was driving across town in a winter storm to go get my free employee appreciation turkey. Hell yeah! I was getting that that turkey. Yeah, you can get it if you donate blood at SBMF too. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna go donate platelets. I think because I'm Oneg, so like. Liquid gold in these veins, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So we got some upgrades to our lab. Those upgrades are literally um, coasters that I bought. They're pretty fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Each coaster is a different serial killer. And a funny, funny coat that's a little maybe ironic. Like, um, for instance... The bottom of it is um, Jim Jones, and it says, Hey, anyone want a drink? <laughs> Get it? Yeah. That one was the one that I, I think that's the best the one of all of them. Which, I don't know. The one they put for Charlie Manson really bothers me. I mean, obviously it's ironic, but all it says is never trust the hipsters. 
and it could have been way fucking better. Like, I could think of a thousand things that are better. Not right now. <laughs> also, just want to shout out to the Murder Police podcast. Um, like, for no reason at all. They're just so nice, and they sent us each a sticker and a magnet, mm-hmm. which was very nice of them. So thank you, thank you. Yeah. That was... Um. That was really, really nice. And yeah, and I do listen to their podcast, too, and I really like it because, which this was supposed to probably be at the end of the pod, of, of our episode, but whatever. So I really like Murder Police podcast because he is a former police captain and his wife, um, they both host it and then they always have like other like former DAs, former police officers that actually investigated the cases or detectives. Um, so you get, like, some real inside knowledge about how the investigative process works on different cases. Yeah. And then also the legal process afterwards. Really good. Really fucking good podcast. Highly recommend. I know. I'm terrible. At, like, I'm terrible at listening to a podcast. Like, hey, I make a podcast, but then I don't actually oh, listen to I, I devour everything, though. I watch enough for both of us. I think the problem is, is that, like, um, I... I'm, I really, I really am wondering if I have ADHD. You probably do. Like, I don't focus well, and I've noticed it even more. Do you, like, start a task and then, like, get sidetracked and start another task and never finish the first task, and then eventually you've started five different tasks and none of them are done? I finish the tasks, but what I do is I start, and then I have to stop, and then I start something different. But that's because you have children. And then I, like... Well, the biggest thing is, like, at work with my charting. Oh. So, that's the problem But if you have, have to go and help another patient, like... No, when I say I stop, I mean, like, I'm, like, in the middle of charting, nothing else is going on, and I get up to go talk to random people over oh. there. So, that there's... There was, like, several times prior to... It wasn't my last job, but the job before that some people thought I was like super unapproachable because I would like hide in the back. And that's because I would hide in the back to stay away from people that could possibly distract me with conversations. That's funny. That's smart, though. Have you seen the picture floating around on uh, Instagram where the girl has the sign taped to her back that says, don't talk to me, I'll get sidetracked and never get any work done or something like that? That's me. Yeah. Tape tape that sign to your back, Courtney. Yeah. (laughs) So then then I have the conversations and then I have to finish charting. Like, I have to. Yeah. No, no. But if I could, I would just fucking not do it. Yeah. It's kind of important, though. We don't want any, like, accidental dosing that doesn't need to be done of medications and stuff. Uh, it's not really so much that. It's more like, yeah, lung sounds there. Yeah, S1, S2. <laughs> yeah, there you pee with yellow, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just my assessments. If you're a nurse, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. But, yeah. That's generally what happens. Well, I'm glad you're here today. We're going to try and be a little more consistent. Yeah. Today we're in fucking power mode. We're going to try to do three episodes. We already recorded a trailer. Woo! So we have a trailer of our own pod. Whoopity freaking do. All right. 
Okay, and then this is the first episode that we're actually going to, like, intentionally record breaks in so that they can automatically insert, um, um, ads. Ads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're still on the quest to try to buy our own mics. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're going to insert a... They're going to start inserting ads for us so that we can hopefully get paid. We do have over 2,500 views at this point, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, listens. And, yeah, listens. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're working on getting our Patreon up so that y'all can, like, buy us a cup of coffee. And then that way you can also get ad-free episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think we're also going to start just, like, recording us. Re- recording? Like, vi- like video us, us recording, recording so that y'all can hear our crazy ass <laughs> yeah because there's like side conversations yeah. that happen outside of the recording that's kind of funny yeah so like we usually chat for like a couple hours probably total yeah so all right well um anything else you want to say before i get started not that i can think of okay let's well, go all right yeah before i get started if y'all could just do us a favor and hit subscribe follow like share we would very much appreciate your support. <laughs> Do it. Do it now. Alrighty, here we go. Today's story is Amelia Elizabeth Dyer, the reading baby farmer, or the ogress of reading, or Britain's baby butcher. You were kind of telling me about this. Yes, so I if you can't gather from the title that I've already read trigger freaking warning this has to do with dead babies if that triggers you and it's gonna make you feel some kind of way just don't listen to this it's not for you kids yeah if you want to hear about some shit here we go so if you're like maybe just went through something terrible like a miscarriage or Awful things. Awful. Trying to conceive and this is going to trigger Or adoptions. Or adoptions. Yeah. Or maybe you've had an abortion and I don't I don't think that would be an issue here. But anyway. It it might. I don't know. Yeah. So this is also the first time that I didn't fully write out a script for myself. It's just kind of like bullet points. So hopefully it doesn't sound like shit. Let's do it. All right. So Amelia Dyer's story emerged in 2013 when authorities published centuries of historical criminal documents. Um, She's credited as being one of the most prolific murderers in British history, well before the term serial killer was ever a thing. A man preparing his garden in 1902 dug up skeletal remains. Shocked, he notified the local authorities. What the man had found were the remains of five infants that had been murdered. Each child had been strangled with white tape wrapped in some kind of material, sprinkled with lime to reduce the smell of decay, and then buried. As investigators tried to identify the dead children, they realized that the man that found them in his garden was now living in the former residence of an infamous baby murderer, Amelia Dyer. So Amelia Hobley was born in the small town of Pyle Marsh, England, near Bristol in 1838. So this is across the pond. Not that there aren't 
like horrible baby farmers here there are one there was one in the south i can't remember what her name is but she's very well known as as doing this as well um and i'm sure there are many more throughout the world because this was not an uncommon thing unfortunately um so she was born in the small town of pile marsh england near bristol in 1838 and she was the daughter of a successful shoemaker and she was privileged enough to learn how to read and write at a time when the majority of women were illiterate so she was very smart very educated very privileged um she was in the middle of nine children and then her two younger sisters died which made her then the youngest Hmm. so obviously back then it was a time when you just popped out a bunch of fucking kids and hoped that a majority of them survived yeah Yeah. (laughs) literally like you expected like a percentage of your children probably to not make it vaccines are miracle workers yeah no shit antibiotics too hell yeah thank you louis pasteur Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so her father was a popular shoemaker uh, he was most likely able to provide a simple yet comfortable life for his family um, her mother however suffered from mental illness family members reported that after she recovered from typhus fever which is a bacterial infection spread by fleas, lice, and chiggers she began to have violent outbur- outbursts that lasted for days so, like, today that would probably be diagnosed as intermittent explosive disorder, IED. Mm. But I don't really know how that is connected with typhus unless it somehow affected her, s- like, cerebral cerebral cortex or whatever. Like, her brain. Hmm. Right? I mean, maybe the infection does, like, kind of meningitis I don't know. That would be a good question for me to ask the infectious disease doctor if yeah. I see them. How does typhus affect the brain? Yeah. All right. Um, where did I leave off? Oh, so despite her relative privilege, young Amelia did have a difficult childhood due to her mother's mental illness. So from a very young age, Amelia was obliged to watch her mother's violent fits and care for her. So they required her to do those things and because she was the youngest she was probably there like the longest amount of time so it just fell in her lap eventually in 1848 despite amelia's best efforts though her mother did die after her mother's death amelia then moved in with an aunt for a while she eventually found an apprenticeship with a corset maker Hmm. so she made corsets which i find kind of fascinating tbh yeah i want to I've always wanted to get, like, a custom-fitted corset. I know a lot of other people with EDS, with hypermobile EDS like I have. Yeah. They say that they actually like to use corsets to stabilize their T-spine and also hold their ribs in place. I feel like the rib thing might be counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Like, it would probably, like, pop your... Yeah. Especially your smaller ribs. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. Maybe... I I just know my ribs, personally, they're literally, like, I can move them. Like I can stick my finger under my rib cage and move it. That's how like flexible they are because of my EDS. And like when I get massages, sometimes she'll find that my ribs have popped out and she'll pop them back in, and it hurts. It hurts. She's like, "Well, that's why this was hurting so bad. Your rib was out of place." And then also like when I was in cheerleading, I damaged myself very, very badly because there was, you know, um, stunts where they held me on my side. 
and it just destroyed that area. And then I did crack a couple ribs too and when I was like 18, but that's another story. So anyway, she was a corset maker. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of want to corset. <laughs> Anybody out there a corset maker? HMU. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um anyways, so uh, in 1859, her father then passed away. So, uh, 11 years? 11 years after yeah. her mom? Yeah. Um, somehow, Amelia became estranged from the rest of her family then, after her father died. Uh, she was about 22 years old, and her oldest brother inherited the entire family business. Without any financial support from her family and no legal way to claim any of the business, Amelia married a man considerably older than her. His name was George Thomas. He was 59 years old. Well, she was 22 or 24. That was kind of like a little bit more common. Not uncommon, but that's fucking gross, dude. Yeah. It doesn't make it any less gross, but it was a little bit more common. But listen to this. On their wedding, like, certificate, their wedding license, George Thomas, her husband, lied. He was 59. He said that he was 45. And she lied, too, stating that she was 30 instead of the 24 years old that she really was when they applied. Great start. I don't know if they were actually lying to each other or if that was just a lie um, for the benefit of the marriage license, but I don't really get it either way. Hmm. Something about the times, I guess. So, during the marriage, Amelia, sorry, I got a hair on my shirt, Um, um, Amelia had at least one child that was a daughter, um, and that child did remain close to her and even, like, worked with her later in life. So, um, they were pretty close, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And we will be right back with more after this break. So later, um, she decided to go to nursing school and begin her adult life as a nurse and a midwife. At the age of 34, uh, she married William Dyer. I don't really know what happened to her first husband. It didn't really say. He was so old, he probably died. He probably did die. (laughs) No shit. He probably did die. So she um, she later, at the age of 34, married William Dyer. So now her last name is Dyer. And um, he was a brewer's laborer from Bristol. So mm-hmm. a brewer's just makes me think of, like, beer and shit. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, William was her second husband. So at this point in time, there was a law in place called the Poor Law Amendment Act of 1834. This specific law made it so that fathers of illegitimate children, so fathers of children that were conceived out of wedlock and born out of wedlock, they were not obligated by law in any capacity to support their children financially, physically, like none of that. So this was leaving many women without any options, which kind of sounds like modern day America, right? Right. This is why Roe v. Wade is a personal freaking decision because men are not they like they're not promised to be there if you can you can plan on child support but if you can't find them you can't make them pay no i've seen it 
over and over and over again. Women are the only ones that have to pay the consequences for this type of thing. And that's exactly what was happening here in uh, Victorian England, basically. So for a fee, some people, usually operating as some sort of adoption agency, would purchase babies from women who were unable to care for or unable to support their children. And they would have promised to adopt them out then to a good home. These were called baby farmers. So baby farming in general was not a bad thing. It was basically an adoption agency. Yeah. It, it, except the person who had the baby is receiving the money. And I'm sure that the person adopting the baby out then got even more money. But yeah, let's see. So they would pay a fee. Also probably more unregulated too. Yeah. I think I'm actually, so how would you profit if that were the case? So my, my, I guess that maybe they paid a fee actually for the baby farmers to care after them and to give them to a good home. Mm -hmm. So the mother was actually paying that fee to the baby farmer. They're not getting money for their baby, if that makes any sense. I would imagine if, yeah, I don't think the mother would be getting any sort of money from it. I think they're paying for this sort of care for their child so basically the baby farmer is just getting profiting. money from this yes exactly like insane exactly exactly the profits were high the lack of contraception and stigma of having an illegitimate child left an unmarried mother with very few options back then right um the the um during the 19th century adoption foster care and out nursing were all normal practices across england mothers and families even well-off mothers and families would pay these institutions to take in and care for their newborns often it was done out of desperation um impoverished new mothers unable to afford long-term childcare would pay the competitive the comparatively comparatively lower charge to send away their child But wealthier families also paid for other similar services. Sometimes newborns were sent to nearby villages to be cared for in their early years, and then they would return to the family when they were toddlers. And a lot of this was so that they could be in proximity of like a wet nurse. Mm -hmm. So like middle class families couldn't afford maybe to pay their own wet nurse to to be at their home and take care of the baby. So they would send them to the service. Mm. Um, whereas extremely well-to-do would have their own wet nurse that would stay there so that they could nurse the baby, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Which, obviously, like, mother's milk is a good thing, but the best thing for a child that we've discovered is for the actual birth mother to be the one who's breastfeeding this child. And the reason is is that your body is literally programmed to develop the antibodies and the proper amounts of nutrients that that baby needs like you are definitely like somehow connected still to your child after you give birth to them if that makes any sense yeah which you know you've had three (laughs) yeah your well your milk like changes based on what the baby needs so if you've like i've i've seen it so like if you pump for example and baby is sick your milk actually changes a different color so i don't even i think it has more to do with like the baby's saliva and how your body like reads it yeah it also has to do with like what you eat personally too yeah but still but your like the color of the milk will change so i've seen it yeah it's like really if anybody hasn't seen it it's like really cool so it goes from like kind of more milk color to like gold 
when it's filled with antibodies kind of more like the early stages of milk that you get right after baby's born well i know somebody who had like a clogged milk duct and the best thing for that is to like have the baby breastfeed yeah until they like basically suck out the clog of bacteria and that's exactly what it is it's an mm-hmm. infection well and but that- if you pump to do that you can see that the milk is actually slightly green tinged for yeah. a little bit it's crazy it is so crazy what a woman's body can do it's insane to me there was actually a woman on tiktok who couldn't get her kid to get it out couldn't get it yeah i've seen that they couldn't suck it out on their own so it was the uh the husband the husband did it (laughs) i mean teamwork makes the dream work i I mean i i even asked brandon one time i looked at him after i saw that and i was like would you do so would you do it and he goes i mean if it came between like you having to go to the hospital because you have a massive infection in your breast yeah, I'm. I'll suck it out. <laughs> I mean, I know people who literally didn't get it to be sucked out and left it, and it ended up having, like, it literally caused a massive lesion, like a hole. Yeah, in their breast. Yeah, and like it, you end up having to like wound vac it, and like it's not, it's no bueno, people. Sepsis. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, so. Her life as a midwife proved to be an arduous one, and Dyer was not keen on continuing it. It did, however, lead to her next business venture. Her friend and fellow midwife, Ellen Dane, put an idea into Dyer's head. Charging families to care for their infants was far easier and far more lucrative than bringing newborns into the world as a midwife. Hmm. So instead of having them be born to like and catching the baby essentially you then take that baby and sell it Mm. for a profit yeah so i don't know or also just basically charging the families to care for them yeah yeah so it was possible for midwives to make money off of the unfortunate circumstances of single women who were pregnant For a brief time, Amelia operated her own boarding house for pregnant, unmarried women. After Amelia assisted the women with the delivery of their infants, they then paid her to care for their newborns. Some women left the boarding house and, like, never caring whatever happened to their unwanted child, while others wrote to Dyer, and Dyer rarely replied more than once, if ever. So Dyer, working under numerous aliases, put out ads in the newspaper offering a nice quote, quote, unquote, a nice family with no children to quaint country home, 10 pounds. That's what her ads would say. So she, it would only cost the person 10 pounds to give their baby to this family. I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking to myself, 10 pounds. Oh, it's a 10 pound baby. I <laughs> uh, no, it was in Europe. <laughs> I know. I just was like. Pre-Euro. Pre-Euro. I know. I just was like, <laughs> once you said it, I was like. so unwed desperate mothers responded to this seemingly respectable mrs harding who was the alias that she was using at this point in time and they would be thrilled to find a good home for their children um they would then sometimes write her asking how the child was and dyer would write them back assuring the mother that Um, She would do her duty by the dear child, um, and she will be a mother to them. 
as far as lies in their in her power. So once the mothers were put at ease, the baby and adoption fees were handed over, regardless of what the mother wanted. Dyer always insisted on a full adoption with no further contact. So basically what we would call a closed adoption today. So the mother would not know where this baby went, what the baby ended up being named, what it became in the future. So knowing what we know now, that's a red flag. (laughs) Well, it's also just like no bueno, because what if they all live in the same town and this mother turns out to be a fucking cougar? Like maybe she's a 15 when she has this baby and at 30 she like becomes attracted to this 15 year old that actually was her child, but she has no fucking clue. Just stop. I'm telling you, that's possible. That's why the, the fucking uh, the I know, I know exactly IVF what you're doctor about. in Indianapolis. What was his name? Doug something. The cr- there was a freaking do- documentary about yeah. him. Yeah, what Doug? I don't know what his name was, but that was one of the concerns there because yeah, he tried to keep them like spread out, but you can't control where families move after the the process is done over with and like i think they did end up having there were so many that they did end up having some that were related that like ended up being in a relationship with each other so like you fucked your half sister dude i know (laughs) so fucking gross yeah man yeah man um Let's see here. Regardless of what the mother wanted, Dyer always insisted on the full adoption with no further contract. And many desperate mothers just relented. They just trusted that that was what was being done and their baby was taken care of and no worries from here forward, right? It's it's unclear when Dyer's operation turned deadly, but records indicate that she initially tried to care for the newborns that she adopted. Like, she truly did do what she said she was going to do, right? Well, at some point, whether intentionally or not, the babies under her care did begin to die. Uh, A cruel math then materialized. So, at some point, she realized that the quicker the newly adopted infant died... The less money she spent on the care of the child, and the more profit went into her pockets. How fucking nefarious is that, dude? Like, what kind of a person even does that kind of math? It's crazy. It's so gross. Yeah. So, uh, where she once assisted in the process of welcoming life, she soon felt more content in her role as an angel of death. As soon as she had negotiated a baby, promising the parent that a warm and cozy home awaited, initially, she would let the child die from starvation and neglect. Godfrey's cordial, or mother's friend, which is an opium-laced syrup, was given to quiet the children as they suffered through starvation. So essentially, they would not cry or whimper or anything she would just leave them there in a bed and like just let them die and it takes a while for a baby to die of starvation like days maybe even more than a week truly so she was just drugging them to shut them up yeah that's so i know it's fucked up i know eventually dyer resorted to faster murders which allowed her pocket to even more profit hmm 
As Dyer gave the children the elixir, they remained sedated as they starved to death, which, which did take time. They did so without making much of a fuss. Once the child was dead, Dyer would contact a doctor to come in and examine the child. They would declare the child dead, and then they would take the body away. If a doctor became suspicious of the number of the children that died in Amelia's care, she simply just moved to a new town. Or she would claim that she was having a mental breakdown, which caused her to neglect these children, and she would just get sent away for, like, an insane asylum for, like, a little while until she proved to the insane asylum that she was cool to go home and she was, like, back to normal again, and then she would start the whole fucking process over again in another town. What the fuck? (laughs) I mean, you had a creditor for being smart, but also, like... But you also have It was to- so easy for a woman to prove that they were, like, hysterical back then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they would literally go to an insane asylum. And do you know what the treatment for a hysterical woman was? Yeah. Orgasms. Yeah. So they would basically <laughs> give them a bunch of orgasms while they're in treatment. And then she'd be good to go. She'd be, like, all fucking happy. You know, she's got her oxytocin flowing through her body. <laughs> She's ready to go kill more babies. <laughs> That's so That's bad. So fucked up. <laughs> Why am I, I should not be laughing about killing babies. This is why I told you, like, so we had a full-on conversation when we were talking about the serial killer coasters, about how there's been, like, a lot of, particularly with all this Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, a lot yeah. of people, like, talking about how serial killer merch is just really fucked up and wrong, particularly if it's funny. Oh, and yeah. and I was like, I think what a lot of it is is like, sorry, girl, I can't. My water bottle isn't like. Eh. It's a lot of like you know, laughter can be a way to like process shit around you, and I think maybe like some people laugh about the fact, like laugh, not because it's funny, but because they're trying to process the bad shit that people do to people. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, it's an awkward sort of thing. Yeah, it's not like an actual, like, ha like ha If you don't ha, laugh, you'll cry. So, or if you yeah. don't laugh, you'll have some other negative emotion. Exactly. So. Or also, like, how do you even fucking process something like that? That's why you laugh. I mean, it can be extremely hard to wrap your head, head around the fact that this woman was basically taking advantage of young or scared single women taking their babies and then murdering them essentially no she did murder yes it was murder and then it was even worse than murder because she literally just let them fucking starve to death for days yeah i mean at least in the beginning she was like kind enough to drug them so they didn't feel like they were totally out of it the whole time but fucking still dude yeah so it's like a whole it's not funny but at the same time you're laughing because this is harder to process it's hard to process that somebody could be that absolutely awful to other human beings yeah totally so i don't know that's just how i view it you could be wrong (laughs) dyer eluded the authorities for years but eventually she was arrested when a doctor became suspicious of the number of babies dying under her care. Surprisingly, Dyer was the only was only charged with negligence 
and oh she was God. sentenced to six months of hard labor for the death of a fucking baby for multiple babies i was about to say a lot of babies yeah so they basically were like oh you must have taken on more than you can handle like you know we get it it's okay people make mistakes you're gonna work it off for six months and then you're free to go back to your life and kill more babies probably yep Prisoners sentenced with hard labor usually did manual tasks for all of their waking hours. The tasks could include laboring in a prison workshop, prison farm, or simply moving rocks from one pile and creating a new pile over and over again. Sort of like Sisyphus with the with the fucking boulder up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, she claimed later in life that the experience that she had whilst being sentenced to manual labor left her mentally ill. Like, it fucking broke her somewhere. She wasn't already broken. From having to do manual labor. Like, okay, lady, something was already wrong with yeah, you, clearly. Yeah, something was already broken, sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. Let's rethink this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amelia suffered from mental breakdowns and suicidal thoughts. So... Doesn't this sound like oh. her mother? It sounds just like her mother, doesn't it? Yeah. Who who died from this, essentially. Um, so there was suspicion that Dyer was faking her mental illness, though, as she seemed to suffer mental breakdowns when people became suspicious of the number of children that died in her care. Very conveniently. Oh, you're suspicious that people are dying? Boom, mental breakdown. That's why it's happening. <laughs> That's my mind. Put me in a mental institution for a little while. Give me a bunch of orgasms. Release. I mean, it's this cycle. <laughs> basically the same shit. I mean, I don't really know if they were giving her orgasms. <laughs> but that's how they did treat it. I know. I know. Anyways. <laughs> Re um, regardless, she did make one serious suicide attempt. She consumed two bottles of laudanum, which is a combination of morphine and codeine. Mm -hmm. that, like, it tastes very bitter, but it was actually a very common thing that was used back then. Um, uh, she wasn't successful uh, in her suicide attempt, which well, really sucks for Well, isn't that babies. just unfortunate? Yeah, yeah. Years of extreme alcohol consumption and opium use had caused her to build up a tolerance to it, and that's why she didn't die from drinking all the laudanum that she drank. You should have fucking drank more. Bitch. Also, like, I kind of want some laudanum. <laughs> I bet you that makes for a really good sleep. Maybe put a little Xanax in there, too. <laughs> like, oh morphine, codeine, Xanax. That sounds like a dream combo to me. That would probably kill me. That so many downers. sounds like a great way to be Narcan. Just literally push you into, like, a coma. <laughs> medically induced, by the way. <laughs> Not unintentionally medically induced coma. <laughs> so bad. What is wrong? <laughs> so I have to laugh at you guys because this case is so hard to this talk is what about. What I'm saying. But People don't laugh because they're yeah. genuinely laughing at it. They're yeah. laughing because they're feel uncomfortable. Like this is the exact reason why a lot of people don't tell the talk about this case on their pods because they end up awkwardly laughing through it as well. Or making jokes about orgasms. <laughs> Seriously, this is this is very uncomfortable, especially having young young children. Yeah, I can't. I mean, how much how much opium and alcohol would you have to consume throughout your life to build up a tolerance and not die from two bottles of laudanum? That's fucking crazy. Unless it's like, what's a deadly dose of morphine? 
It really depends. On the person. Right. And what their tolerance is. Well, yeah. And how big they are, I'm sure. I've, like, what their size is. Honestly, I've I, I've never personally had to give it, but I've heard of, like, dying cancer patients getting up to, like, 10 milligrams. Mm-hmm. In, like, hospice care? Mm-hmm. Like, sense. Which is... I got some when I had um, appendicitis. They didn't believe me for seven hours, and then immediately after get, giving me my CAT scan, or my CT scan, they're like, okay, you want some morphine? Looks like it's your appendix. Jeez. I'm like, thanks for believing me, and leaving me here in pain for seven hours. <laughs> Dick. Anyways, I feel I like with the, uh, the opioid... Uh, oh, opioid epidemic that we're having more and more people are less believed to be in yeah they pain. don't it, which really sucks mm-hmm. which really sucks mm-hmm. especially for people who have chronic pain disorders yeah and they can't get proper like pain relief pain relief because their doctors are too afraid to prescribe the narcotics well it's because they used it so like when i had my um wisdom teeth removed they prescribed me freaking vicodin is yeah. that really necessary for wisdom teeth yeah. I would say for at least I a couple days. Honestly, I didn't take it. Uh-huh. I was fine. Vicodin doesn't really do shit for me. Give me mm-hmm. that oxycodone, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, Fuck um, the hydrocodone. I never took it. I was too scared to take it. So I just... Oh. I took Tylenol. It was fine. You know, ibuprofen probably would cut the pain significantly better than anything else. Anyway, uh, Probably. So. Well, maybe that's what I took. I don't remember what exactly. I just never took the pain meds. My mom filled them. Never took them. And I was in college. So your mom did. Your mom I was in college, too, and somebody was like, why don't you sell it? And I'm like, I'm not going to sell it. That's I don't illegal. even know what street value of it is. <laughs> well, What's the street value of one Vicodin pill? I think I just, like, ended up, um, like, dumping them in the toilet after a while. But you're not supposed to do that because then you're not it supposed gets to do that anymore. Water. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was a long time ago, so we're going to cut you some slack, Courtney. It was it was college. I didn't know. I just thought I was keeping people from, you know, taking Vicodin. Yeah. 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 So once released from the hospital, she went in and out then of mental hospitals. There's evidence that Dyer began abusing alcohol and opium-based products very early on in her baby farming career. At one point, Dyer drank two bottles of laudanum in a suicide attempt, which we just talked about. In her long-term... Oh, I guess I wrote that twice. My bad, kids. Didn't kill her. Long-term use. Builds up a tolerance. My, My bad. I was like, did we talk about this? Yeah. Soon after, she revisited her deadly trade. And in 1890, the illegitimate baby of a governess was put under Dyer's care. So a governess is is like a teacher, right? It's a live-in teacher for very wealthy families. Mm -hmm. Um, When the mother returned for a visit, she realized something was wrong. The governess grew suspicious and upon further inspection decided to strip the baby to locate a birthmark on one of its hips. The baby was missing the birthmark, lo and behold. And an enraged mother began to question Dyer. This led to Dyer having, possibly feigning, a breakdown and entering a mental asylum. How convenient. How fucking convenient. Why is it that this is enraging me more and more? Yeah. Well, she killed the governess's baby, obviously. She didn't think that she'd be coming back to visit. 
governess came back to visit her child thinking that it's being cared for until it's a toddler and she can manage it while managing these other children right Mm -hmm. she goes in to visit baby's dead but the fact that this woman tried to like like tried to put another baby in place of it and trick the mom (laughs) just another fucking level of diabolical Um, I feel like when, when I was, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy, but I feel like when my babies were babies, I knew that they were my babies. Oh yeah. You know what your fucking kid looks like. You know what, you know what your kid looks like. You, your kid can even change and you would still know, like, cause you know how fast babies change as Mm -hmm. they start growing. Like their noses get different. Like their eyes aren't so like. They don't look so angry and swollen and red anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Their eyes open. Anyways, um, so Dyer, at one point in her nursing career, did serve as an asylum nurse. So she knew how to behave to ensure a comfortable environment during her time in the asylums. So eventually, she would just return completely to baby farming. And this time around, she took extra care to cover her tracks. Homegirl learns from her mistakes. She learned from that initial conviction. When she returned to baby farming, she did not involve physicians at all. So there was no call to a doctor to pronounce the baby dead and take the baby's body away. She stopped that altogether. Because if there's no doctors coming in and out of the house, they don't know how many babies are dying under her care. She's not going to get reported. So when she returned to... Oh, wait, I just talked about that. Um, She began disposing of the bodies herself to avoid any added risk. She relocated frequently to avoid suspicion, and she took up the use of different aliases at this point as well. So she's moving around often. She's calling herself different names. She's still placing these personal ads. Homegirl's got to be stacking up cash. Like, fucking cash. I don't... The the number of babies that, that probably pass through this woman's care is actually a little fucking terrifying to think about. Like, woof. Um, let's see here. She, um, she also stopped calling for death certificates. So, like, she didn't even, that's what I'm saying. Like, sh- there was no pronouncing the baby dead officially. Within a few hours of, a crying, of acquiring a new infant, she would wrap white dressmaking tape around its neck. Death was not instantaneous. According to her own confession, Dyer stated that she liked to watch with the tape around their neck as they gasped for air. What the fuck kind of a piece of shit woman enjoys watching a baby suffocate to death? Asphyxiate to death? Oh my god, I can't handle this. (laughs) It's bad, right? It's really bad. I told you, it keeps getting worse. When the children were dead, she would wrap them in cloth and bury them, or she would tie them to rocks and just throw them into the Thames, <coughs> which is the like a very popular river. Yeah, in, I was about to say. Yeah. Birth mothers would send Dyer letters asking for word on the well-being of their children, uh, but by the time that Dyer had received the letters, the children were long dead. Like, she wasted no fucking time. Bring the baby in, mom leaves, wrap that baby with tape. And at this point in time, she stopped even giving the baby the, like, mother's milk or whatever, the the laudanum and codeine mix. Or wait, 
Maybe. No, that's laudanum. She was giving them something that was sedating them. I can't yeah, remember what it was called. sedation. Anyway, so she stopped even giving them that at this point. She's just fucking suffocating them with by wrapping tape around their neck. Now stop and think about that for a second. Even if you just wrap a Band-Aid too tight around your finger, the circulation cuts off pretty quick. So think of when you wrap... Think of the tip of your finger as that baby's head, essentially. That's fucking crackers. That's so sad. It's so evil. It's so evil. I'm sorry, I can see that this is really affecting you, and I'm sure that it's really affecting other listeners as well. It's just kind of pissing me off, because yeah. she, she... And She's then, horrible. of course, she... It has to be a fucking nurse. Mm-hmm. Why? Why does it well, always have to be nurses? <laughs> She's just the one who, like, this is not the type of profession who just had, like, access, basically. I know. I just, I hate, I hate that kind of shit. I know. And then, you know, then she's killing the baby, and then she's sitting there going, I'm insane, I need help. <laughs> and then she, she's just allowed to go back to doing what exactly what she's doing. I know. Like, they, they're Nobody's going. Monitor- There's no house arrest, you know? They didn't have, mo- like, GBS tracking bracelets, you know? Well, they know that p- babies are dying in her care, and they're yep. just like, here you go. Go back to doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dyer and her family frequently moved. Her family, I think, was just her daughter. Did her daughter know this was happening? You'll see. Um, they moved through Bristol, Reading, Cardiff, and London, and they never remained in one place for too long, and like they tried to move without leaving a trace that they were ever there. So like they would clean up shop and just bloop pop over to the next place and the daughter had to have known amelia dyer scanned advertisements in search of desperate desperate women looking to give up their babies she would contact the birth mothers and offer to take the baby for a fee of generally 10 pounds or five pounds depending on what the mother could afford so she would basically take whatever the fuck she could get in order to get these babies and i mean it was nothing to her because what is she gonna waste a little bit of tape a little bit of cloth to wrap it in some time she enjoyed watching it so you know they're basically paying her for her sick fucking obsession ugh it's horrible it's horrible alright so she would agree to an installment plan for payment or require full payment before she would take the baby as well so like she legit was like oh you can lay away this shit I can you can corner this (laughs) you can after just put it on your credit card they didn't and I'll those. kill your baby. I know they didn't. Have I know they didn't but charge it to my account. <laughs> <laughs> um, as the technology changed, Dyer even accepted wire transfers as as cash could then be sent like through the post. Oh Christ! Yeah, like Homegirl was up to date with the technology, which I don't know why, but this kind of reminds me in a really weird way of the movie hustlers have you ever seen that mm-hmm. where they like end up having to like adapt to the change in technology you need to watch that movie it's with j-lo in it they got fucking snubbed um for all the awards but she fucking it's her first like thing that she like produced and directed i think but she fucking killed in it also like j-lo is fucking smoking hot dude we'll be back with more after this short break On one cold day of March 
1896, Amelia Dyer's life changed forever, and the towns around the Thames are sent into a spiral of the reality of what she's been doing. A bargeman sending cargo up the Thames and reading noticed a package floating along the River Thames, just like a, like it was maybe on a ship for mail and it fell off or something. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Upon further investigation, he discovered inside of the box the body of an infant. The bargeman called the police, and they confirmed that the body was that of a little girl between 6 and 12 months old. They also discovered faint writing on the box that pointed to a one Mrs. Thomas and a barely visible address. This Hmm. bitch is a fucking moron. She literally used a package addressed to her to dump this baby. Wow. Yeah. Well, addressed to one of her aliases, I guess. What's up, buddy? You think that's crazy, too? Yeah. Super crazy. Yoda's got opinions, guys. He thinks this te- this is terrible. I think everybody does. <laughs> I know, baby. <laughs> He's so cute. I can't handle it. I can't handle it? Yeah, bud. I know. All right. Anyways... Detectives were, and had been, on to Dyer, but there was no, like, strong evidence to link her directly to the crimes. They'd collected additional evidence from witnesses and more information from Bristol police, but were unable to find any conclusive details. That's when detectives decided to use a young woman as a decoy in order to secure a meeting. It's unclear just... Oh, wait, I already read that. Uh, in order to secure a meeting with Dyer to discuss her services. Whether it was designed to link Dyer to her business or as a certain opportunity to arrest her, the plan worked. On April 3rd, 1896, that bitch, Amelia Dyer, was expecting a new client, and instead what she got was a greeting by detectives outside of her front door. (laughs) Boom, bitch! Yoda, you're gonna have to calm down. (laughs) don't talk back (laughs) I know bud anyway sorry Yoda's deciding to be quite vocal today he's our third (laughs) co-host when yeah you're our third (laughs) co-host when authorities raided Dyer's residence, they were overcome with the stench of human remains, but no bodies were found anywhere. So it smelled like decaying bodies. She'd already dropped them. Yep. Mm-hmm. When officials entered her residence, they were faced um, with overwhelming e- evidence of her gruesome deeds, like enormous amounts of clothes for babies, letters negotiating adoptions, receipts for advertisements sent to newspapers, and other leftovers, quote-unquote, of her numerous sordid business arrangements. To keep going full-time, she'd been running her baby farm affairs under several false identities, as we talked about before. Mm-hmm. But probably the most disgusting aspect of the search was the odor of the rotten flesh that spread from cupboards in the kitchen as well as from the bedroom 
What was she doing? Keeping the dead babies in the kitchen cupboards? Maybe. Ew. It's like, oh, I need some sugar. Let me move this fucking infant out of this dead infant corpse out of the way so I can find it. Gross. That's gross. Authorities estimated that upwards of 20 children had been in the care of Mrs. Thomas within the last few months alone. Following the apartment investigation, it was obvious that there were many victims, and officials started a detailed search of the river areas. Several more babies were recovered from the Thames, each with white edging tape still wrapped around their necks. Crowds of people came to follow events from the river bank follow events from the riverbanks and the newspaper kept up their standard of sensational coverage obviously mm-hmm. like the newspapers back then were no fucking different than the media now they're just fucking leeches <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh records indicate the bodies of around 50 children were found who could be attributed to Mil- amelia's cruelty by her own admission she said quote You'll know all mine by the tape around their necks. She's proud of it. Amelia Dyer was arrested, charged with murder, and brought to Newgate Prison, where her plea of insanity was fucking rejected. Good. Hell yes. You don't get no more orgasms for your crimes. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe. I don't know what they do in prison, but (laughs) back then. Well. Guessing she was probably alone. Amelia Dyer was placed on trial at Old Bailey for the murder of three babies. That's all she was charged with. But on May 22nd, 1896, a jury found Dyer guilty, and it only took them four and a half minutes to deliberate. Oh, good. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you think she's guilty? Yeah, we all think she's guilty. Okay, let's go. Let's Let's be done. done. Wait, we should actually just take a couple minutes just to make sure that it looks like we actually thought about this let's let's drag this out just a <laughs> little bit so we can get paid a little bit more okay i really need to pee four and a half minutes seems long enough let's go yeah. <laughs> during the next three weeks she filled five notebooks with her last and true confessions amelia dyer was hung at exactly 9 a.m on june 10th 1896 bye bitch while 14 murderers have been directly linked to dyer Experts believe she murdered over 300 babies, and some even say 400. That's just awful. The crimes of Dyer made for one of the most lurid of all trials in Victorian England, which also shed light on the alarming issue of infanticide. Because this is what desperate women were turning to when they couldn't care for their children. Mm -hmm. Literally, instead of watching their child suffer because they couldn't care for them, they would just throw them in the fucking river and drown them. Or, you know? Yeah. To spare them, basically. Um. Sorry, my back. Um. It did lead to stricter adoption laws as a way to regulate and stop the practice of baby farming. Um, On Wednesday, June 10th, 1896, just before 9 a.m., she was hanged to death. Um, Local authorities searched personal ads in the hopes of preventing the selling of children after that as well. And as the 20th century loomed, reformers began pressing Parliament for new laws that legally held fathers of illegitimate children financially accountable. 
Hmm. Yeah. You can't make them pay if you can't find them. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Unfortunately, the baby trafficking did not cease completely after this horrifying case. It still fucking hasn't. It still mm-hmm. hasn't. And now modern adoption, it should be a fucking crime how much it costs to adopt a baby these days. If somebody doesn't want that baby, literally, why, why are you charging somebody to take care of it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Polly, um, Polly, Amelia's daughter, the one that we've known about this whole time, the only one that for sure existed of her children, um, she got off scot-free, even though she was there the whole time and knew about the entire operations from any it. charges after her mother testified that she had, she had never been involved, is what her mother testified oh, to. Oh, okay. Um, but she was rumored to continue baby farming after Amelia's death. A number of advertisements by a Mrs. Stewart for adoptable babies said the little one would have a good home and a parent's love and care. Many observers believe that Mr. S- Mrs. Stewart was actually Polly's pseudonym, following in a ghoulish family business she knew so well. The end. Yeah. Great. It's really <laughs> fucked up, right? Like, let's just take a moment to reflect here on how fucked up that is. Just great. Yeah. And I have, like, I could have taken a lot more time to go over this. Like, I legit could have compared it to today's modern, like, adoption processes. It is still a very lucrative business. Oh, yeah. Extremely lucrative. Especially if you have surrogates Mm -hmm. that will, like, basically have, um, like, IVF of, like, an already, like, inseminated, like, embryo from the actual mother and father implanted into this surrogate so she would carry the child for them <coughs> that's very lucrative of, as well i mean those people get paid a shit ton of money yeah so yeah my um sources for this case were crimemuseum.org uh, thevintagenews.com thelineup.com and historycollection.com awesome fantastic yep so she's a fucking (laughs) crazy psycho holy fucking shit lady they should have just handed her to the women that you know like had babies babies, killed yeah Yeah. well i mean a lot of them really just kind of out of sight out of mind back then you know probably but but i do really believe that like you can't like unless you're a fucking sociopath like those women did think of their babies all the time and of what could have been and Mm -hmm. you know just like if you had an abortion or gave a baby up for adoption today you still have those thoughts in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. are they okay yeah how are they who are they what are they doing you know what i'm saying yeah so i can imagine yeah so um in keeping with our traditional format what um who is the missing person that you uh have chosen to discuss today (sighs) i picked a really bad one because it's a baby well, that goes with row with the case we were talking about. Shit, Courtney. Stefan Coleman. He went missing May 24th, 2022 from El Paso, Texas. He was born April 27th, 2021. Like I said, he is baby, one year old. I guess technically toddler, but whatever. In my mind, that's still a baby. Poor babe. Uh obviously male he's black with black hair and brown eyes two foot tall and weighed 25 pounds i would imagine he would be bigger now 
uh like i said last seen on may 24th 2022 he may be in the company of two adult relatives terrell jones and mckenna cummins are they really the parents or do you it just says relatives Hmm. um and then there's pictures of the two of them okay i'll make sure to include that on our instagram page once this podcast has post has pub has published this episode but interestingly enough it says that they went missing from El Paso, El Paso, Texas. Which but, is right on the border of Mexico. But the South Salt Lake City Police Department is interested in his whereabouts. So they think that they went north. Maybe. Uh, caution if located. Do not approach and immediately call, call law enforcement. Um, if you see Stefan or his adult relatives, McKenna Cummins and Terrell Jones... Make sure to either call 911 or 1-800-843-5678, which is also 1-800-THE-LOST, which is the hotline for Nick, uh, for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. A.K.A. Nick Mick. Nick Mick. Or you can call the South Salt Lake City Police Department, which is 1-801-840-4000. Yeah. We kind of already talked about current events and chatted a little bit, but was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Like, what's going on right now? Or, like, what's current in the media or anything like that? <sighs> Holidays are coming up. Yeah. We're thankfully recording ahead of time so we can, you know, get something posted, mm-hmm. um, even for the holiday, which will be on the day we drop the episode on yeah. Thursday. But, um,. I'm looking forward to that. What's your favorite thing to eat at, like, Thanksgiving? What's your favorite dish? Okay. This is going to sound disgusting for a lot of people. I'm sure of it. But my family, we lived for a while, like, uh, not for very long, but we lived for a couple years in Oregon. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, we have this tradition of doing um oyster dressing or oyster like like stuffing no it's got like that's what you put inside the turkey no it's like the you know the stuffing Uh uh-huh we make it like a casserole right it's got oysters and it's got oysters in it in the shell or do you shuck them no they're out of it they're like baked into it I, I wouldn't mind trying that. It's really good. I don't think that sounds gross. It's fantastic. I just think it sounds different. A lot of people that don't like oysters don't yeah. want to eat Well, it. I don't like raw oysters, which I've had raw oysters on the half shell. I've eaten them at, the, like, one of the most famous oyster houses on the planet, at mm-hmm. Oyster House in New Orleans. Um, and they shuck them for you right there. But nobody ever fucking told me that it tastes like fucking battery. Yet. Like, it just like, yeah. Also, don't fucking chew it. Just swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's raw, like, you don't no and some people will put like tabasco or like horseradish or like lemon yeah. or whatever but i yeah. don't think i've ever eaten them like that i've only ever eaten them in things yeah. so i don't i don't mind mussels and clams if they're cooked it, a motherfucking deep fried mussel is woo, yum yum in yeah. my tum tum it's true though so, yeah so that's your favorite dish that's my favorite i look forward to it every single year i swear to god if it is not being served at our family's thanksgiving i am not going where is your thanksgiving this year whose house is it at uh well thanksgiving in the last 
few years has been not so great. Like, just because... Your grandma. Well, it's my grandma, um, the ongoing issues with estrangement with my sister, and... Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's really just... Rough. It's not been a good situation. And then this year is probably not going to be the greatest either just because um my younger sister just had a baby which is totally awesome yeah. but if Congrats y'all to her. yeah if y'all don't know rsv is yes. rearing its my ugly cousin, ass head who's also my good friend her baby was in the hospital with rsv for like several days like it's bad right now yeah a lot of covid babies have not been introduced to any Mm -hmm. of those bacteria and so they're getting it they don't have any antibodies to fight it Mm -hmm. and they're getting very sick yeah very sick so my sister is not going my younger sister is not going to be coming to thanksgiving i'm so sorry i don't blame her though i mean unless everybody there is guaranteed um um vaccinated vaccinated which they don't actually <laughs> I'm do sitting here making like a needle push yeah the only would they vaccinate the parents and that's it right uh from my understanding rsv vaccine is only given to premature babies oh i didn't know that that's yeah. stupid that's because they're Why the most you at risk give them to everybody so that you don't have a risk of spreading it i don't know that's crazy to me anyways i think it's because i want to say it's because it's really really expensive yeah maybe really expensive but i mean like uh, okay the expense of an rsv vaccine versus the expense of an icu visit come on now yeah word though some of those like visits can get upwards of like a million bucks yeah yeah i just noticed that i didn't turn any of our mechanicals off and that's so fine. there's been a lot of background noise. So that's We'd what you guys are hearing. We'd probably freeze to death right now if yeah. you turned everything off. Yeah, it's probably better this way. We don't want any frozen pipes or anything. Yeah, because right now it is literally 25 degrees outside. So glad I'm such a hermit. Fucking November. <laughs> November in Indiana. And it's not normally like this. <laughs> anyway. So have you read any good books, seen any movies, listened to any podcasts, seen any good shows that you want to recommend? The only real show I've had the opportunity to watch is Dahmer. I made a point of it. Yeah. And, and it was good. I have a little minor obsession with Evan Peters anyway. Oh, yeah. he's uh, he, he was <laughs> fucking good in that. If he doesn't win, like, a fucking... What did they win for those? And an Emmy? Emmy? He deserves like all of the things for that role now i know a lot of people were like obsessing over him as like actual Dahmer and like not differentiating the two i want to just preface this by saying i don't think Dahmer is hot no evan peters when he's not sexy. dressed like Dahmer, sexy as hell not as yeah. Dahmer. that Let's was not romanticized serial killers please that's no that's not our that's no. not our thing but the actor Evan Peters, I can agree with yes, that. He is. He literally hot. said he wants to go play some like funny, nonchalant, like bullshit role now. After he better that because he like he because he, he's method, so he didn't break character. Yeah, for like a month or so. Yeah, yeah, and then okay, so Ryan Murphy, the director, just got picked up for making two more monster seasons, each on a different serial killer. Yeah, and which I'm, I'm a lot of people are think that. it's going to be Gacy. Because of the I fact think that it will. he was, like, incorporated mm-hmm. into the end of Dahmer. Mm-hmm. But I just come on. Like, he is so overdone. Let's do something yeah, else. Yeah, but you know what? They've never really done a movie, like, on him like that. And I think <sighs> it would be really good to detail, like, how he was driving around 
promising these kids jobs and picking them up and taking them home and killing them and shit. Mm. It would be a good, I think it would be, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Who's the third one, though? That's what excites me. Like, is it Charlie Manson? Is it Ed Gein? I truly want to see the toy box killer. He fucking terrifies me. It's two. It's a man and a woman, right? It's a man and his, like, girlfriend or wife or whatever. I'm pretty sure like for at least a good part of the time it was a partnership anyways um so that show's really good did you watch the watcher uh another ryan murphy production somebody told me it was bullshit they so i just so it's very loosely based off of the true story but ryan murphy has this thing where he takes a fact a thing that actually happened and he editorializes it well, essentially. Yeah. He fluffs it up. He adds stuff going on around it. But I also think, think Ryan American Murphy, Horror Story because yes. he does take some stuff that are from American mm-hmm. history and he doctors it all up. Yeah, but he also have has this tendency to like make it so much longer than it needs to be, and it's very easy to lose interest at mm-hmm. the end. Like I, I have the last few years not finished the seasons of American Horror Stories because at a certain point you're just like okay like we get it yeah yeah I I think I, I do have to say props to Niecy Nash though in Dahmer she was really good she played the neighbor yeah she was really good really good yeah um I want to watch I want to watch I have not seen it I heard it's really good the good nurse I watched it I heard it's good. It's really good. I so I just love Jessica Chastain. I think she's brilliant and beautiful. And Eddie Redmayne's in it too, who's the guy who's in um uh Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. He plays the I also main think character. of him as uh I more think of him as uh, in the theory of everything. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's about God, what is his uh, the scientist that had uh, the physicist who had um, Luke Gehrig's disease. Why oh, am I blanking on his name? Stephen Hawking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything. Really? I'll have to look that up. That would be a hard part to play. Did, did they did they show like him before his ALS took over? Mm-hmm. Interesting. They they show him in, like, in school yeah. and when he was like... Rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Uh, is he dead? Yeah, he's not That's such a. Thought. He wasn't such a good person. Well, he was fucking brilliant. He was brilliant, but he wasn't such a good person. Yeah. Books. Oh my god, I've been devouring books. I read Ashley Flowers' book, All Good People Here. <laughs> I never read. <laughs> it's really good. There's so many twists and turns in it. She's gonna. She's gonna write more. It w- and I know she wrote it thinking it would make a good movie too. And then the same thing with Butcher and the Wren by um, Elena Mark Markart Mark Mark I can't remember her last name, but she is one of the co-hosts of the Morbid podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a book too called Butcher and the Wren that's also very good and like leaves room for more. So I'm excited about that. Um, podcasts I've been listening to a lot, but mostly. Um, let me get my phone. So the murder police was a big one that I was listening to a lot. And then um, obviously Crime Junkie and The Deck all the time, like religiously. Generation Y, 
W-H-Y. If you haven't fucking listened to that, then I don't know what you're doing. And also The Vanished, which is another Wondery podcast. That's, that's kind of where I've been lately. But yeah, that's what I've got on current media things. How about you? Anything else? No, I just don't have time, honestly. I know. It's so bad. I'm terrible. I don't have time for any of this stuff. I think you'll regulate and you'll start to. So, what have you been watching recently? Rewatching The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) I've been. I rewatch. I unpack my apartment. Yeah, I'm rewatching Criminal Minds now from the beginning for like the twentieth time. I love that move. That show so much. Oh, our next. And there's gonna be a new episode. Our next episode. They do discuss him loosely in some episodes who oh in criminal minds mm-hmm. okay i'm excited about there's that some episodes kind of based off of things sweet anyway so, there's your little plug for the next episode kiddos <laughs> um so yeah you know you can listen to us now on spotify podbean amazon music and audible google Podcasts, samsung podcasts and apple podcasts and you can email us with story recommendations questions comments concerns any like tactful critical like critiquing is welcome like if we obviously want to do better right so you don't have to sit there and be like bitches you all suck yeah no be nice please please like if we mispronounce something say that or if you have anything additional to add say that Um, We are also in the process of setting up Patreon. You can buy us a cup of coffee. You can contribute to the cost of new uh, mics since ours Mm -hmm. are borrowed right now. Um, You can, um, if you you become a patron, we'll send you a sticker when you sign up. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you sign up for a certain tier, we're going to set it up so that you can get our episodes ad-free. Yeah. And then we'll probably have some other things. Like yeah, we're thinking about just, like, recording ourselves during all of our recording sessions on video. Yeah, because there's, like, some side stuff. Some of the shit stuff. we talk about is just yeah. crackers. Like, earlier, before we even set it up, I was, like, burping. and it was Yeah, it was super ladylike. But then you can, like, you know, see us as normal people and not just vo- voices it's in true. your ears, you know? It's true. Oh, uh, I just wanted to shout out to some of my coworkers because some of them found me. Yay! So. Yeah, it's so nice to hear, like, all the people that have been so supportive (laughs) and, like, ask about the podcast and how things are going and thing like, people that I wouldn't normally even expect to support me that are listening. And I'm like, really? Like, thank you so much. So appreciated. Please don't listen to me at work and then, like, make it so I can hear my own voice. While you're staring at me. Yeah, that's weird. My husband, like, will get on my TikToks and watch my TikToks as I'm sitting next to him, like, stop it. He's supportive, (laughs) though. My husband doesn't listen to our podcasts. He also doesn't have Instagram. Like, I don't know. It's all you, man. That's all you. I, 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 I will literally sit there and cringe when he does it. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, can, can you stop not it. do that while I'm around? I do not like listening to my I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> Con- contrary to popular belief, I do not listening to my, like, not like listening to myself speak. I'm getting, I'm getting better <coughs> with like, I can listen to our episodes and like edit them, but maybe I'm like looking at them from a different perspective as I'm editing them. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I'm viewing them as, like, more of a critique. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally different. But It's like you're a machine. Yeah, (laughs) but for whatever reason, like, when I actually listen to them, like, randomly, like, while I was driving around, like, the Buziak episode popped up on, like... Oh, really? Yeah, because they're technically on my phone, because it's all technically on my computer. Yeah. So it popped up, and I was like, That's my episode. (laughs) Don't throw up at me. No, it wasn't you. It was like I would hear my voice, and I'm like, I think we sound just alike. Do y'all think we sound alike? I'd be interested to know if y'all think we sound alike. Email or, like, comment somewhere. Leave a comment. Leave something. Oh, if you guys could rate us and, like, subscribe so that the episode downloads automatically, that would be so appreciative. Like, we just need to get some consistent consistency and like listenership that'd be so great um our email anyways it's murderpornpodcast at gmail.com we also have a website um through podbean which is murderpornpodcast.podbean.com and it's got links to all of our social media there as well as our teespring where you can buy merchandise um we've got some shirts some crewnecks some hoodies some coaster no not coasters stickers i don't know there's a bunch of shit on there that you can buy either way we're we're also talking about possibly going through a different vendor yeah because the shipping's kind of high but it is super user-friendly so i don't know we'll see Mm -hmm. i'm learning as we go on that um we don't have a twitter we do not have a facebook i don't plan on ever getting us a twitter anymore no fuck twitter fuck elon musk right now like i used to have so much respect for that man and the like i have a serious issue with the fact that billionaires are spending all like so much money on the race to the moon like building rockets and going to outer space as opposed to when they used to like support music and science programs mm-hmm. and like build facilities to help communities and you know what i'm saying like yeah. what the fuck happened to that uh. also elon musk i just a lot of things have come out recently about him that I just fundamentally have issues with. Like, he's got a transgender child who he disassociated with. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, let's see here. Enough bashing of Elon Musk. Our Instagram is murd, M-U-R-D-P podcast. And we have a link tree in our bio on Instagram and on our website. So you can get to all the things. Um, Courtney, her Instagram is Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y underscore Ann, A-N-N, 0.1. And mine is Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N underscore Wonderland, W-0-N-D-3-R-L-A-N-D. Courtney also has a TikTok, and her TikTok's slightly different from her Instagram. It's Courtney underscore and 1.0 instead of 0.1. Yeah. So, do you want to say what the next episode is about, Courtney, or do you want to leave that as a surprise for next week? Well, so, it might actually change because I wanted to do, like, a throw together a everything that we know about the Delphi case mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that soonish but if we don't do that it's it, it is it's gerard schaefer it's oh, you finally did gerard, gerard schaefer. schaefer okay i've All been right. wanting to do him for 
ever. I don't know anything about him, and I've been, like, literally trying not to research him so that I could hear your case and, like, legitimately, like, authentically react I know. Who was it? Was it Crime Junkie or Morbid recently did them? I haven't. Whatever. I didn't I even listen to it. I'm pretty sure it was Morbid. If it was, if it's anyone, it was Morbid because Crime Junkie usually doesn't do, like, very widely known ones because mm-hmm. they, I mean, if there's nothing new that they can add to it, then why? Yeah. No. They like to do ones that, like, maybe haven't been solved yet, so. Oh, that's another one I've been listening to. Um, it's actually really well done. Um, let me find what it's called. Um, maybe it is The Vanished. Oh, there's one called Dark House that I listen to all through October. And it's editorialists from, um... Better Homes and Gardens, I think. And they literally take haunted houses, but they talk about, like, the con- the um, architecture and the construction and the layout of the house so you can actually, like, picture everything happening in your mind. And then they obviously tell the story that goes along with it, too. Huh. It's good. It's really good. Okay, so that's what I got now. Oh, Creme de la Crime. That's the one. She's really got her shit together. It's good. I listen to a lot. Sorry. I try to support other smaller podcasts, too, just because, like... I'm so bad. I just can't... I swear to God, I just don't have the... That's fine. <laughs> I do. I like to support my peeps. Also, like, I just listen all the time right now. Yeah. Also, like, when I used to be working, I would listen while I worked, and mm-hmm. it's kind of how I entertain myself, I guess, but... All right. Well, that's pretty much all I've got for today. Do you have anything else you want to add? Mm, Not that I can think of. Alrighty, we'll see y'all next time. Bye! Bye!